Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it's noon. It's Thursday. Game three tonight. Aaron Maloney is here with all of our top stories of the day. Aaron? A pivotal game three awaits between the Suns and the Clippers in L.A. tonight. Tip-off is at 7.30 with pregame coverage beginning at 6 o'clock on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. So what does Kevin Durant expect in Game 3? A lot of energy in the building. I expect it to be a physical game from start to finish. I don't expect anything to change as far as their approach. Obviously, you throw schemes and adjustments, but as far as just playing hard, and the identity of their team is not going to change over overnight. So, um, so regardless of what building we play, and we're going to get that same energy and effort from them. And that's the same thing we bring, too. So just got to focus on every possession plan extremely hard and see what happens. What will be the key in Game 3 for the Suns? Uh, a, be- a better start would certainly help a lot. I don't, I don't think they have to get off to a good start to win because we just saw them not get off to a good start and win. And even the game before, we saw them not get off to a good start and then come back and take a big lead. But it would sure help, Wolf, to get yeah, off to a big start. I think getting off to a good start, I'd have to agree with Luke. Also, the rebounding and seeing a much more assertive offensive rebounding team in the Phoenix Suns. And that starts with DeAndre Ayton. Hopefully that's what we can expect to see tonight. How many games do you think the Suns will steal in L.A. this time around? So these two games. I think one. One. So you think the series is coming back to Phoenix tied two games apiece? I do. I want to say two. Really want to say two. I'll say two. I think they take them both. Okay. The bench has been a big talking point during the Suns' first-round series, so does Monty Williams worry his depth will be an issue in this series? It can be. Um, you know, we hope that over the long haul of the series that we can use our guys properly, but I, I see both sides do it. They do have a lot of depth. They also have talent. I mean, I've... I've coached a couple of the guys on that team uh, more than that, and I know how good they are. Uh, Eric is a really good player. He's never gotten the credit that he deserves as a basketball player on both ends. And Kawhi's one of the best on the planet. So, uh, but I, I see both sides to the argument. Are you worried about the Suns' depth in this series? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah I think that's a legitimate concern, right? And I'm especially worried about it in the context of can you win a title? Because they, they seem pretty thin for a title winner. Yeah, um, you know, right now, especially with the injury situation with campaign. Campaign coming into the postseason, I was... I was worried about that and getting campaign right because I thought that he was going to be integral to the bench and how Monty used his rotations. And, you know, once you sat down a Chris Paul or a Devin Booker, you need somebody to come in and give you a spark. And I thought campaign was going to be that guy. I, I'm really worried about the bench right now because you're playing guys 44, 45 minutes. 
Guys like Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. That doesn't bode well if the Suns are going to go on a run in the postseason here. Pitcher Madison Bumgarner has been designated for assignment by the Arizona Diamondbacks today, a day after he allowed seven runs over three innings. The 33-year-old left-handed starter has pitched 16 and two-thirds innings over four starts, allowing 19 earned runs and 25 hits over that span. Bumgarner had 10 strikeouts to 15 walks over this season. Your reaction? Well, I, I mean, you can you can look at it from the career he's had to getting DFA'd at a still relatively I don't want to say young age, but a good you know an age where you can still pitch in, in the majors. But I'm going to look at it from the uh, the D-backs perspective, Wolf. This is a move I don't think they make a couple years ago. I think they looked around and said, we're contending for a playoff spot this year. We've got too many guys on this team that that make that possible. And, and they haven't even played their best baseball yet. Yeah. We can't just be punting a game every five days hoping he works this out. I'm sure it was tough, but it's it's a move to me that says we're, we're trying to win now. Yeah, no, I agree with that um, immediately. I wonder how Mad Bum feels about this. I wonder what it's going to do to his career. Um, I wonder if he's going to go somewhere else, and that's exactly what he needs is a change of scenery. But all of those questions fade when I think of what it says about the Arizona Diamondbacks and what the Diamondbacks want to do and how they look at this season and envision that clubhouse being. And to me, they think they're better without Mad Bum. Even though they're eating that salary, they think they're better without Mad Bum. Well, it's a young rotation now, too, if you're bringing Tommy Henry in. That's, That's the young rotation. To me. The Cardinals are teasing a big reveal tonight, which, according to multiple reports, are new uniforms. So just how different do you guys think these uniforms will look? And if you guys had to design them to your liking, what would they look like? Oof. Well, I, how different? I, I feel like when we're going to see them, we're going to be like, oh, that's not that different. And then over time, you're going to be like, okay, this is this is significant. You know what I mean? Like yeah. usually when you see them, I think we all build up in our mind like, oh, they're going to be a different color and a different shape. Uh, no, I, they're not going to look crazy different. But, I mean, to me, the biggest thing is the helmet. What's the helmet look like? Yeah, I have no idea what the uniform is going to look like, and I really don't care. I figured you okay, were Okay, I don't. But I will tell you, I created a helmet design that oh. basically looks like wings on top with the Wolverine, the three the three stripes going really? down the Wolverine. Okay. So, in other words, imagine if they were wings, red wings. Okay. Just on each side, and then three going back in the face mask, of course, being yellow. And the helmet is still white? Yes. It's red? Okay. When did you design this? Years ago. Years ago. Is there any way you can get it? That we can see it, maybe tweet it out? Yeah. Yeah, I think I can do that. You're very creative, my guy. Yeah. Then the NFL draft is just one week away. So the Cardinals will be on the clock in about five and a half hours this time next week. Do you think that the Cardinals will end up trading out of number three, or do you think it ultimately just it, Will Anderson is what decides that? Uh, they yes, trade out. yes, and yes. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I think they're going to trade out. They're going to trade out. I think out. they want to. I, yes. I think Monty Austin Ford has wanted two since day one. And again, I'll, I'll go back to this. I think their actions this offseason indicate a team that wants to really. Not start completely over because you're about to be paying a quarterback Super Bowl winning money, 
but I, I, I keep saying, if you keep all your pieces on, on your young defense, then bringing Will Anderson in, to me, is, is almost a must. But if you're letting most of those guys go, then that, to me, screams we want to really put our fingerprints on this team. And they're basically just washing away everything Steve Kime did, good or bad. Yeah, um, I think so much of it is about bringing guys that you've handpicked, players that you've handpicked, not a player, as in one but why not get five or six for that one pick you would have had? Why not get five or six players that think the way you want them to think, that will model the culture that you want to model? Because you vetted these guys, because you know them and you have scouted these guys. So to me... Yeah, I think they're doing it. I I think they're going to trade down. It it would be nice to see if they traded down, get some of their guys, like you said, not just one, and then really start to flip back into let's try to win mode next offseason. Because right now it just kind of feels like the door's open and guys are leaving. But these one-year contracts all make sense if next year when you have your quarterback back and he's played some games, you go for it again. That's exactly right. Uh, All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. As always, when we come back, the Suns are getting ready for a pivotal Game 3 in L.A., so how much does going on the road change things for Phoenix? We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. Well, I guess the uh, the good news, Wolf, they always say that when you go on the road in the NBA playoffs, it really it impacts your role players, right? I mean, that's what they say. They haven't gotten, I don't know who they are, but they do say it. They haven't gotten a ton from their role players other than Torrey Craig, if you consider him a role player right now anyway. So what are you saying? Are you saying this could be a really good thing? <laughs> Maybe it does the exact opposite. I don't know that it changes all that much. Do you think it changes I, much? Listen, I honestly, to me right now, it's all based on the individual and how the individual is built. I don't think you can make a blanket statement about every guy that every role player plays better at home than he does on the road. But I don't they think do you can say that. They do say that, whoever they are. They always make the blanket statements. Yeah, but once again, I think what they're talking about collectively, for the most part, I think each individual is different. I'd also add, too, with the Suns, do you really see home versus road affecting Kevin Durant? Do you see it impacting Devin Booker that much? I mean, you've, you've got... You've got some pretty established players at the top of your lineup. Yeah, no, I think you're you're right about that. But, you know, there are some guys, Luke, who take great joy and pride in going into somebody else's village and then ruling that village, <laughs> if you know what I mean. There are some guys, and it puts them on point. I know. I know from playing on the road in so many other stadiums, I know what it's like to have everybody against you. Literally, everybody in the stadium, for the most part. You want to go up and play in Seattle? You're not going to see a lot of red up there. You're just not. You're going to see the 12s up there. That's what you're going to see. And it's it puts you on point. I used to love going on the road. I loved it. 
because I had that chip already in my heart when it comes to the game of football and not being nearly as talented as the guys that were around me. I, I, I was already on edge, but man, you go on the road and there's nothing like it. These people are screaming at you and they're, they're saying some pretty disgusting things, I might add. Coming out of the tunnel, standing there on the sideline, the noise, of course. Man, there's an end zone. There was an end zone, I should say, an RFK. It was the south. I believe it was the south end zone base. It was so loud, you can't even imagine how loud. It was bowl-shaped at one end. And I'll, I'll never forget the sensation of needles, a million needles going through me because of the noise. And it made me... It, it made the hair stand up. Even now it is on the back of my neck as I remember what it was like to have all of those Redskin fans screaming this wall of noise coming at you. You go on the road, man, there's something. It brings something out in a lot of players like Devin Booker, the smolder of Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. I think the more talented you are, more times than not, the better you play on the road. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I, the other part of, I guess, the role player conversation is maybe what does it do to the Clippers role players? Because they haven't had, I mean, they mostly are role players right now other than Kawhi. Good point. And I guess you can't call Russell Westbrook a role player right now because I feel like he's playing somebody else's role. But a Norman Powell, a Terrence Mann, a Mason Plumley. Uh, Bones Highlands, any of these guys, I guess your your concern, and I don't, I'm not really <laughs> concerned for the Suns, but if I were going to have one, it would be that that one or two of those guys would do what we saw the Mavericks do to the Suns last year, where all of a sudden these guys that are just kind of like fringy, you know, sixth, seventh guy uh, on the bench, they just come in and they can't miss a shot, and all, and that makes the game a lot more difficult. My my concern with the Suns though doesn't really hinge on where this game is being played; it hinges on the stuff we were talking about earlier. Of, you're not starting fast enough. You're not rebounding well enough. And, and I do, I want to see in this game tonight something that would indicate that they're not overly reliant on Yo. either Booker or KD having a 38-point game. Man, I think they have to, though. I really do. I think they have to. It's interesting to hear you um, talking about this because you have been focused on the bench, of course, and how the bench has played. And now can you imagine the Clippers? They've already outplayed the Phoenix Suns bench mm-hmm. in two games. And now, if in fact those role players do feel more comfortable at home, how much of a difference is this going to be in Game 3? I don't want to see the Suns squander this opportunity. Imagine what this says collectively again. Think big picture when we talk about this base and needs. Think about what it says collectively for the Phoenix Suns. If they could go in, they could go in tonight into the Clippers arena and beat them in game three. And now all of a sudden they're up 2-1 in this series. 2-1. Do you think there's going to be some whispers out there tomorrow morning? <laughs> Do you think the whispers? Ooh, 2-1. This series is over. It's it's over, Kawhi. It's now for Kawhi. Kawhi's never going to believe that. But you know, you know, they have an opportunity to seize all the momentum in this game and take it right back in this series. They have 
all the opportunity to seize control of this series tonight and get the momentum back. That's what I meant to say. It's uh, the bench scoring is sixty four to twenty three through the first two games, and in the last game, even the win, the Suns had two guys on the bench register points: Josh Okogie and Bismack Biyombo. That's wow, that's bismal. Yeah, it's it's not Bismack; it's abysmal. Um, they're going to need to get more production than that, and. Maybe they can get by the Clippers doing this. I don't think they can get where they want to go doing this. But you might just be able to muscle your way past the Clippers based on on raw talent alone. Uh, But you're right. Tonight's game is going to tell us a lot because even when L.A. won the first game of the series, the Suns were still favored. They were still favored to win the series. They were still favored to win the Western Conference. I think a lot of people, even nationally, just looked and said, yeah, that's fine. It's game one. They have Kawhi. It's game one. (laughs) These teams hadn't played in a week. It's game one. Weird stuff happens. And it was close. So for the Suns to come out and win the second game, if L.A. wins the third game, all right, we're probably going seven in this series, you would think. Um, If the Suns come out, though, and win tonight, it really feeds into that uh, feeling a lot of people had of, yeah, no, the Suns are the better team. They just need a game or two to figure it out or whatever, and, and now they have. So perceptually, I think everything hinges on tonight's game, even though I know, as you always say, the fourth game is the most important in the series. Well, it is in a seven-game series for the most part. It tells you what kind of series you're going to have. It's either going to be 3-1 and it's over, decisive mm-hmm. for the most part, or it's going to be 2-2. <laughs> or it's going to be 4-0. And, and, well, then it's really over. Then it's literally really over. over. But for me, it is. It's it's always the fourth game of a seven-game series that is the fulcrum game of that series. It will tell you what kind of series you're going to have. Now, that's a gross simplification of the truth. But right now, I just have this feeling where the Clippers came in. They stole game one. They did. Boom. Man, they felt good. Their confidence level was high. You could see it in game two, how well they played against a desperate Phoenix Suns team playing at home to make sure they didn't go down 2-0. Because even with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, even with all of that, being down 0-2 in a series to the Clippers going to play in their arena, that would have been a mess. So the Suns came out and were desperate about that. And even then, with all that desperation, at the 3:02 mark, they were up by six, the Phoenix Suns. This was a game in the fourth quarter at the 3:02 mark. So <laughs> they have an opportunity to kind of hammer the Clippers collectively, psychologically tonight. There's, there's a chance here, too, for the first time in the series, to really make it where the Clippers might panic in game four where the clippers go oh oh boy okay yeah we got to do we have to get out of our comfort zone we got to do something we don't naturally want to do i mean it's easy to look around and say man russ is basically trying to fill in for paul george then who's filling in for russ russ isn't paul george like you're not gonna get Kawhi to panic because Kawhi might be a robot no exactly and he's just gonna he's gonna give you 34 each night probably in this series Kawhi doesn't care he doesn't but but everybody around him you i think you can get a nicholas batum to panic, or at least put them on edge a little bit. <laughs> why did you pick Batum? I don't know. He just be the one to seems panic. Like maybe you can get him to panic. Why, why would you? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, who else? Who you else looked, are you going to pick? You looked at Kawhi. Kawhi, you're not getting Kawhi. Kawhi to panic. needs a T-shirt. He needs a. Kawhi don't care. Okay, Kawhi don't care. That's, that's that, what I, that shirt I, might be out already. I, I'm, really? No, okay. I don't know. It might be. Um, but honestly, who would be the Clipper you would pick right now to panic? Mm, Bones Highland, maybe. <laughs> 
Mason Plumley. <laughs> I love that. Who would be the guy that you'd look at and go, man, that guy, he's going to lose it right now if they lose. <laughs> well, Russell Westbrook looks like he's panicked at all times, even when things are going well. <laughs> that is, uh, Russ never panics. No, but he looks, he plays he's, like he's panicking, he's though. He's just constantly, Russ knows he's more athletic than you, even at his age right now. Just knows that he's a better specimen than you'll ever be. <laughs> and it's the reason why he never doubts himself. So going back to our earlier conversation, Russell Westbrook, older than Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> so again, I don't think the 33 for Mad Bum, I don't think that's the issue. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, also, I love that. Russ don't care. You want you want uh, just a weird experience right now? They're showing the replay of the D-backs game. So Madison Bumgarner's been DFA'd for anybody who hasn't heard that yet today, but yeah. I'm watching him pitch right now for the D-backs. It's very strange. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. I'm guessing this inning doesn't go very uh, very well. Uh, Zubots! That's the guy that's going <laughs> to panic. Texas, that sounds like something you would yell when you were panicking. <laughs> Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What do you expect from Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in Game 3? It's Kevin or Devin next, and I'm officially nervous to play this. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. All right, Wolf, we're going to play the game that is sweeping the nation. Okay, we're about to play it. All right. I just want to say, I used to love this game. Just cruising through the regular season, I was uh, I was six and one. Didn't have a care in the world. Oh yeah. Now I can't get a single game right. Yeah, I know. But look at my public failures as a uh, as a, a reminder of what teams have to go up against when they play the Suns. Trying to figure out who's going to burn you that night: Kevin Durant yes. or Devin Booker. Yeah, that's what this is all about. There are well, no losers. We're all no, winners. You're right about that. It, it's such a conundrum for so many teams that play the Phoenix Suns. How are you going to focus, and who are you going to focus on? How and who? Devin Booker or Kevin Durant? So, I think with uh, with that in mind, let's play a round of Kevin or Devin. It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. Yeah, there we go. Some of the best betting in the history of betting. And that's not Brooklyn. <laughs> and that's not Paola. What? what is happening? Um, you, you didn't get that to betting? You know, I thought you were saying betting, mother. like no, B-E-T-T-I. I was like, we're not okay. wagering anything. Uh, and, no, Luke, get your, get your mind out of the betting, will you All please? Right. Well, with that in mind, FanDuel, I looked at the, the numbers. They have uh, the over-under on... Devin Booker at 28 and a half, Kevin Durant at 27 and a half. Last game going in, they were even. <laughs> All right, Aaron, give us the standings. So, Wolf, you are 1 and 1. Luke, you're 0 oh and 2. Rick, you're 0 oh and 2. And I'm 2 and 0. Oh. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the regular season doesn't matter. It's Apparently all about the playoffs. It doesn't, man. I feel like the Suns in the Mavericks series last year. I was just load year. managing during the regular season. <laughs> Here's, the thing. Here's the thing. I wasn't here on Friday. Okay. And I would have suggested that Luke starts out 1 and 0. Oh. 
because he got the top seed. Like the top seed should, should have some something. sort of advantage. The Rick's but making I wasn't some here, sense. And Eric picked for me. And yeah, so that's now Luke is just <laughs> faltering. No, yeah, now I'm screwed. Now I'm just on the fast track to going out in the first round of the playoffs. So this is all my fault, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I just know it's not my fault. I don't know who's Honestly, it is. what's funny is when I was two and five, you didn't hear me complain. No, because you were in Maui. Well, I'm, I'm not complaining about anybody else picking for me. Oh, okay. Regular season doesn't matter. Maybe I should have somebody else pick for me. Well, there was Maui. Uh, uh, no, I mean. We'll have Paul Calvisi pick for you tomorrow. No, 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 that's okay. I've got my pick, and I will I will mail my pick in by carrier pigeon tomorrow. You don't want Paulie to actually win. Really? That's nothing against Paul. Let's have you Paul might pick actually for win. No, some. I'm going to get this back on track. Okay. Let's not forget I was six and one just uh, a week well, ago. Well, you know what? Last week, like said, nobody cares, Luke. Well, nobody does, but that's just the that's the background it's for the, the rally season. I'm about to start. You know what? I'll pick first. I don't even need any okay, of this. Good. You're all going to copy Maloney. I get it. <laughs> uh, I'm no. going to go. I don't want anybody else influencing my pick. I'm going to go with Devin Booker. I'm not getting caught in the rotation of, of picking back and forth while they rotate back and forth against me. Yeah. I'm going with Devin Booker. He just scored 38. You're going with Devin Booker. Okay. He doesn't have to deal with Kawhi. That's good. Rick, um, how do you feel about Luke going with Devin Book, Booker? Don't let me down, man. Well, I'm not going with Devin oh, Booker. I, All right. I I'm All going right. with Kevin Durant. I feel better. Because I'm going to stay in picking Kevin Durant. I've picked Kevin Durant last game. Now I'm to pick him again, even though he didn't score uh, more than Devin Booker in the last game. I don't care. This is going to be the night for Kevin Durant. Like, 45 points tonight. And it does feel like a good 44-point game for Katie. I do see 44 for some reason. Really? So Booker's going to have to put up 45. Okay, Mal, what do you say you bring us your Devin or Kevin pick? I was going to go with Kevin. Mm, I don't feel Because I think the focus after Book just went off May go to Kevin. Yeah. Or may go to Devin. Right. So now Kevin will be open. Yes. Now that is some logical thinking right there. And I think that's exactly what I'm going to do as well. For the record, gather on the transistor and press the ear basinonians. Rick might be onto something right here because I do believe Famous last words. I do believe a forty burger could be on the board tonight. Oh, you wanna go ahead and you wanna try to take away Devin Booker because he scored thirty eight points. Well, it seems like a goodly thing to do, doesn't it? Ty Lue. And I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking now. <laughs> and if they use I don't even know what language book, you're speaking. And if it's point book more and he's, you know, distributing the passes. There you go, Mel. Well. And that has a lot of logic once again. And by the way, KD the Slim Reaper. The Slim Reaper is coming out tonight. And he's going to swing that thing. So, I'm just going to say this. My internal logic was very similar to what you're all saying. This is now Kevin Durant's turn to go off. And my logic that I even said when I made my pick, I don't want to keep rotating picks because I'm on the wrong side of it right now. And they just trade back and forth. And that's exactly what I did. I I rotated back to to book again anyway. Yeah. But you know what? I need this. I need you all to pick the same thing and me to be right so I can catch back up. Okay. So I'm I'm sticking with book. Take that bad bunny. Take that Kendall Jenner. (laughs) I'm sticking with book. Somebody needs to stick with book. So let me guess. You are not going to watch bad bunny weekend two of Coachella. Right. My, my specific rule was if the Suns are not up in this series, I'm not even looking at that stage. So, and I will stick to 
Bad Bunny is an artist. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Kendall Jenner left Booker <laughs> oh, for goodness. Bad Bunny. All right. Okay. Not me. I'm sick of Book, even if I go over the playoffs. Here's the one thing I can't handle, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, pop culture, that's number one. Mm, um, you don't say. Especially drama in pop culture. Oh, there's so I, little of I, it. I, I don't <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I, I, would, I would rather eat my own barf. Okay, that was a little... <laughs> Too much. Information. <laughs> you got to finish the was, sentence at least. I, you would rather hear a barf than, than, than be involved in the drama of pop culture. <laughs> so I have no idea what you guys are talking about with Bad Bunny. Okay, but <laughs> but you understand why it's important to finish too the much sentence. Information. <laughs> Because up until then, it was just, I'd rather eat my own barf. What's next? Well, I, I thought it was implied. The context of what we were talking about. Pop culture and the drama around pop culture. Just can't stand it. Grow up. I'm sticking with Booker. <laughs> okay. Nothing you can say in whatever you're language you're K- speaking can, can sway me off this. KD is going off, man. The Slim Reaper. Well, that adds to his legacy. The best part and the about legend this. of the Slim Reaper. They can uh, they can both go off, and uh, and everybody wins except the Clippers. <laughs> that uh, here's uh, here's Kevin Durant actually yesterday <laughs> saying he's more than just a scorer. I think I'm much more than a scorer. So yeah. I think I'm always involved. I think uh, if I'm handling the ball and I don't score that possession, it feels like I created a lot of stuff for my teammates on that backside. If I. Uh, you know, if we run a play and, and my man's face guard me, I feel like that's a win for our possession sometimes, you know. And, uh, so it's not necessarily just a score, but I feel like I could definitely be, uh, you know, look, you know, taking my shots like I normally do. But uh, the way the defense and the attention that I get on the defensive side of the ball, sometimes I got to figure out what my looks are and how I approach each possession. So it's been fun. You know, it's always been a mental game for me, so I just trying to figure it out. You know, I thought playing a minute-long clip would give you time to compose yourself, and it definitely made it worse. (laughs) 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 No, I can't. Okay. (laughs) All right, look. (laughs) I don't even think I can get us to break. (laughs) All right, I'm going to try. I don't even know what we're laughing about I got this image. I'm sorry, Mason. I got this image in my head, man. All right, I'm better now. Of what? Of? No, <laughs> don't worry about it. Oh, we're very worried about it. I got to be honest. Most of the oh valley's worried goodness. right now. All right, let's get crying. serious. It's been a long time since I've cried laughing. Register to win tickets to see the Foo Fighters October 3rd at Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater. Just head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for event details and your chance to win. You all right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you say stuff you don't mean to say. Mm. and Into a microphone. And then it writes, and then all of a sudden it didn't come out the way you meant it to come out. <laughs> and it sounds bad. Sounds like you'd rather eat your own barf than, you know, yeah. Uh, we come back. Madison Bumgarner has been DFA'd. We'll react to what that means for the Diamondbacks now. Next, it's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, breaking news. All right, what do you got, Aaron? So according to multiple reports, Kawhi Leonard has been ruled out for game three because of a right knee sprain. Whoa. What? (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right now, beware. 
Okay, he's ruled out of the game. Beware of what? They don't have Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, right. Neither did the Grizzlies have Ja Moran. True. And what did the Lakers do? Oh, you don't have Ja. Wow, that's too bad for you since we're already up a game. The Suns aren't the Lakers. Okay, I'm just saying. Get your guard up right now. Wow, that's... That's big. That's not just big for tonight. That's big now going forward. Can I just tell you right now, the first thing I think of, Basin Onions, is must win for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, that's what I said. Must win. You Can you imagine if somehow the Clippers came out and found a way to beat you in Game 3 to take a 2-1 lead without Kawhi? Oh, So here's what Adrian Wojnarowski just said. So Leonard aggravated his knee in game one, played through it in game two, and is expected to be day-to-day ahead of game four on Saturday. The injury isn't related to his previous ACL injury. Wow. Man, I I did not expect this today. Gotta win it. Gotta take advantage of it. Too bad. Yeah, we'd love to play your best, no doubt about it. Not going to be able to do that. So I guess there's only one thing to do now. Hammer you. Yeah, I mean, you, you're you right. You have to win this game. Uh, and, and I don't mean it in the sense of like, oh, if you lose it, then you're in a lot of trouble. It's, it's not It's not that. You know, I mean, who knows if Kawhi even plays now on Saturday. If he's day-to-day, that doesn't guarantee right. anything. But like this, this is a game. It was already a game you should win. Um, but if they're not going to have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George... Forget about the people that are going to be like, oh, you beat a team that's players. Remi-. That's the team that's in front of you. You have to beat that team to move forward. Yes. It's a lot of breaking news today. Man. Um, we're obviously going to get back into this a lot, and Tom Chambers is going to join us here in a, in a few moments uh, as well. The other breaking news today from earlier was Madison Bumgarner gets DFA'd just right off the uh, the, the roster for the D-backs. Now, I saw the stat that was floating around, and it's kind of... It's kind of misleading, but it, it gets the point across. Let's just say he leaves the D-backs with one of the worst ERAs in franchise history. How about that? Okay. Because, because you, have to, you have to really kind of move the stats around and, and how many innings were pitched and stuff. Sure. But if you go over 300 innings, he leaves the D-backs with the worst, uh, worst D-backs ERA ever. And the only other name that's really up there around him is Russ Ortiz, who had gone down as as one of the worst moves the D-backs have have made and I guess you're going to have to put the Bumgarner acquisition in that category cuz he just never ever got going here you ever would have to it just a, the weird set of circumstances where his first year was the pandemic year correct mm-hmm. yeah you know, and after that it just it, everything spiraled downhill for Madison Bumgarner, man. It's just, yeah, it did not go well. I think this will go down as one of the worst deals that the Diamondbacks have made. Um, and again, it happens to every team, and at least they were trying. There's no doubt about it. When they signed Mad Bum, I was all jacked up. <laughs> I was jacked up and thought nothing of the money they gave him. Well, I mean, I, I like the mentality at times of let's let's spend some money, right? I mean, that, that's that's the issue is that you don't want the D-backs to fall into that world where they're like, okay, now we're not going to spend money because look what happened. We got burned. To a certain extent, I guess you got 
I don't want to say he got burned by Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke was a good pitcher when he was here. It just it wasn't the right time to make that move. Um, he leaves Bumgarner fifteen and thirty two with a five point two three ERA. That that's his time with the D backs. And Whoa. honestly, that ERA, while not good, that almost seems lower than it has felt like, doesn't it? Um, when you start to look at, at the the years, you look at. He basically played 10 seasons with the, the Giants before he got here. And I'm not counting the 09 season because he pitched in four games in the regular season. Um, his ERA routinely, 2.77, 2.74, 2.93. You know, there's a couple of years, uh, 3.26. Like, okay, you'll take that. That's one of the best pitchers in baseball. His last year with the Giants was a 3.90, which was by far his worst with the Giants. And the D-backs would have loved to have gotten 3.90 because his four years with the D-backs, 6.48, 4.67, 4.88, yeah. and this year, 10.26. How many innings pitched for the Diamondbacks? Can you do a little math right now? 3.63. Okay, 3.63 right there. And a third. Um, I, when I think about this right now, I, I think obviously about the commitment the Diamondbacks are making to that clubhouse right now and to that dugout and this team overall and saying we believe that we can be a playoff team. And because of that, we're willing to eat $34 million because we don't know what kind of impact it's going to have on this team. We do know every fifth day we're running them out there. He's not giving us a great chance to win games. We do know that. But I also wonder what kind of impact they were thinking he might have had inside that clubhouse as the highest paid player in that clubhouse who was underperforming egregiously. Yeah. I mean, it, when I'm looking at the all-time list of D-backs pitchers, and nobody who has pitched as many innings as him has a worse ERA. And when I'm starting, like I'm scrolling up to see who has had worse ERAs, you're in the, like, Russ Ortiz, Shelby Miller range. But, I mean, those Whoa. guys didn't pitch. But Shelby Miller, 139 innings, a 6.35 ERA. You, you're in the range of, you know, some of the worst acquisitions the D-backs have ever made. I, I never thought Bumgarner would be that when they got him. I didn't think he was going to be amazing. I just figured, okay, 3.90 ERA the previous year. Maybe he gives you a, a high threes ERA, right? I mean, because at that point, what was he, 29? The wheels shouldn't have just come off yeah. just just because of age. We talked about this a little bit earlier. He's so Bumgarner's thirty three. Looking at the top pitchers in baseball right now on April twentieth, twenty twenty three, in terms of just quality starts. Garrett Cole, he's thirty two. Marcus Stroman's thirty one. Clayton Kershaw's thirty five. Noah Syndergaard's thirty. The age is it, it, it can't it can't just be that, but. Something's not right, and it's going to get fixed somewhere else, or it's just not going to get fixed. <laughs> Why is everybody pointing to no, each other? It's No, it's a great question. I also, when I first heard this, I have to say this. Um, I thought a mad bum, and I thought how he was thinking. As a former professional athlete, I, I remember what it was like. To know in my heart that I was done playing a sport that meant so much to me. And um, I said this earlier, but it's the only way to really accurately describe it. It felt like a mini death to me when my career was over. Knowing I would never engage in the essence of the sport that I love so much ever again. In between those white lines. A game I was playing since I was a boy. And, and I'm wondering about... 
Mad Bomb right now, where this takes him, what he's thinking about. Is he done? Does he know he's done? Does he think he's done? I don't know what the answer is to that, but I guarantee you he does. All right, back to this uh, this Suns game tonight, which we were talking about this earlier, and, and Aaron had the question and wolfing down your lunch, what do they do in these two games in L.A.? And we, we had the, the cut of Chris Paul saying we'd like to, you know, we at least want to get a split. You get a split, you get you end up getting the, um, you know, you get home court back. That was before the breaking news in the last few minutes that Kawhi Leonard is missing this game tonight. Man. And there is not, I would argue there's not a bigger player in this series that look I don't even want to talk about Suns players missing a guess I'm not going to say a name but if any Suns player were missing one game they have other players the clippers I mean so Russell Westbrook's their best player now yeah you should be able to yeah. handle that team yeah no exactly you got Batum he's going to go <laughs> now he's see you laughed <laughs> well, Batum's probably saying, panicking right, right now <laughs> you said that i just can't <laughs> believe you pointed to Batum and said he was good guy. I think that if, was going to better. If he panicked, everybody would be like, "Okay, something's up," because this guy's big and he's panicking. Yeah, right now, I I don't think of the Clippers based on Orleans. I think of the Suns and what this might do to their intensity level. And coming out tonight, hopefully, they're going to be professional. They're going to see the opportunity. They're going to attack. They're going to be on edge. Hopefully, um, the crowd will be loud and abusive, <laughs> if you know what I mean, in terms of what they're going to say to the Suns. I'm hoping for that just to remind them of the task that is at hand right now. Because uh, you look at game two, the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Would you say that the Lakers have some grizzled veterans, no pun intended, have some grizzled veterans on their team? That should have been able to prepare themselves to play the Grizzlies. Yes, of course they do. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, of course they do. You, you got to be on guard. And I'm hoping the Suns are already talking about this very thing. Go out and play as though Kawhi were playing. All right, we're going to stick with this, obviously. Um, and when we come back, Tom Chambers is going to join us to talk about tonight's matchup. And now the news that Kawhi Leonard will not be playing in tonight's matchup. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.